When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going, shall we? So I could say like, oh, I've lost the ball today. <laughs> Hello and welcome yeah, you to do it. No, you should do it. the Vice Gaming Podcast. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. You know, but... <laughs> I just saw the fear in your that? eyes. I, I would do. I, I highly okay. recommend. Nonsense Maybe is always the best. It. Okay. <gasps> Hello and welcome to the Vice Gaming Podcast. That's the Zelda theme. Hi. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Diver, editor of Vice Gaming. On the third Vice Gaming podcast today, which is a Zelda special, I'm joined by two, I'm going to say big Zelda fans, they can tell you if they actually absolutely loathe the series, but hoping not because they're here now. Um, I've got Holly Nielsen, uh, freelance games journalist for The Guardian, Sky News and podcast presenter in her own right. Hello, Holly. Hello. Fantastic. And, and on my other side, Simon Miller from videogamer.com. The real Simon Miller with us today, not the <laughs> other one we know about. We'll talk about in a minute. But but Holly, just talk us a little bit through your uh, Taku Toku podcast you do. Uh, yeah, and other things. Well, it's kind of um, Toku is. It's not specifically about games, but we end up mentioning games a lot. It's more just like general culture entertainment. And obviously, because me and Kate Gray, who I host it with, are mm. games journalists, we end up talking about games quite a bit. I have. I have heard it in the past and as I was cleaning my bathroom not so many weeks ago I uh, started listening to your period special which uh, yes. snapped me out of the cleaning mood somewhat <laughs> and made me very upset with the world it's a way to sell it to everyone <laughs> period special it's good for yeah let's, it's good for getting grime out of uh, the, the cracks oh god the shower, I was wondering what you were going to say no, there <laughs> yes on that note we'll so Simon Miller, video gamer. Hello, is Mike. Where you're, where you're from? From I mean, we just that's where I'm everyone. from. That's where I've come from. That's where I live. That's where I exist all of the time. <laughs> it's just in video games. But you, you know, you are a man of the internet. Um, I've witnessed your internet actions yes. going around. More, most recently, you know, threatening people at game studios. I mean, that's a that's mix. the new thing. Our new yeah. thing was yeah, well, I mean, fictional, obviously. Yes. Before in case anyone's yeah. not aware of the Miller Report, that yeah, it's fiction. It's a joke. But yeah, we went to the lovely people at Edge Case Games who said we could go and literally said to us we can do whatever we want. And I went, you don't mean that. Whatever you <laughs> do, whatever you want. And they were true to their word. So we need I now threaten game developers yep. for jokes. Uh, why so, not? I mean, <laughs> I remember years ago, I think you did it with Roll7, and they've not quite been the same since. They haven't, to be fair. And that one was, we didn't, that was very different. I mean, mm. I don't know how much people want to know about this, but just quickly, we didn't <laughs> tell them what we were going to do. So we stormed out as a joke, and they thought we'd stormed out for real. And I still feel guilty about it to this day. So, <laughs> sorry, Roll7. I didn't mean to do that <laughs> to you. Roll7, makers of Ollie Ollie and Not a Hero, and uh, nothing else now, because they're scarred for life. <laughs> they sit there crying. <laughs> Simon Miller. But yeah, we're, we're going to do a Zelda special, because it's 30 years of Zelda. Um, 
this month, actually. I mean, well, February 2016 is uh, is 30 years of the series. But just before we get into that, I wanted to run through some recent releases with you as well to see, because, you know, we've got to be a bit topical. Um, there's been some big games out. The day that we're recording, the Street Fighter Five comes out. Uh, have either of you been playing that? Hobbies yeah. Uh, I haven't been playing it. I've been watching people play it because oh. I'm useless at Street Fighter and I just kind of look at it and go, oh, yes, yeah, punching. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot um, of that in it. But yeah, no, it looks nice. There's, they've got big hands and feet, which I won't Massive expect. Massive hands. I couldn't stop looking at the hands. Like you expect Chun-Li's the thighs. hands. Yeah. I was like, why are the hands so big? Just, yeah. So oh, that's my take on Street Fighter Five. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Massive hands yeah. and thighs. Yeah. Um, so Miller, I think you reviewed. I did. It I did review it. For the game. Yes. I think it's great. I think I understand that there's a lot of um, people who are a bit upset that it's a bit bare bones at the moment because a large portion of it is coming down the line with DLC but it didn't bother me which may, I think makes me a terrible person from what, I, from what the internet tells me I'm a terrible person I should be ashamed but I don't know at the moment I had a good time with it I enjoyed it so I don't you know, I think it's the best Street Fighter and I loved 4 mm. I thought 4 the way it reinvented itself because I think everyone knows the Street Fighter series kind of went away from this amazing casual Capcom sort of forgot about its priorities and being fun didn't they they did and it became this super hardcore game which I think goes to show they can do that Mm. but Street Fighter is always the best when if you don't like super hard fighting games you can play it but if you do there's all this other depth that you can jump into and I think Street Fighter 5 does that the best so from a pure gameplay point of view which is always you know what you want to do I think it's great I think it's and it does look amazing. Like sometimes mm. it's not one of those games where something happens, you go, Oh wow, look at that. I'm so happy I bought my PS4 or your PC. Either it's also available, yeah. And Xbox owners love they're, they're probably they're, they're always unhappy about something, right? I mean I own one, but I'm, and I'm regularly unhappy about stuff. Um another game that's not on Xbox that's just come out is uh, Firewatch. Um, mm. you know. Um have either of you been playing that? I've I'm on I've just started a second playthrough of it uh, now with my wife because I keep sort of telling her, You would like this game and she's like, It sounds like games. one of those games that if <laughs> you like this yeah. one I want to play it sit down I, <laughs> I've heard a lot about it I, I was intrigued about it straight away because I like any game that you don't really know what it is mm. and I haven't played it yet but from everything I've heard it just sounds apparently the ending is not what people want it to be that's all I hear now is people yeah I've heard oddly mixed things like either people kind of being like no it's perfect you know mm-hmm. and it kind of and other people kicking off I feel like it was something that's so focused on story the ending is always a difficult one yeah. to well, deal with. Well, you've got no control over it, yeah. which I understand it upsets players of a certain mentality that they haven't, their actions haven't affected the ending. Um, but I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact there was this perfectly little encapsulated gem of a story. Like mm. it was like reading a novella or something. You know, I mean, I really, I, I did a conversation uh, with Emma Quinlan on Vice about like how it would be amazing. Like as a short story, I would totally read that. It'd be amazing. Um, Firewatch is good. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, Unravel as well was EA's kind of, weirdly, EA's big game of quarter one. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? It's yeah. this little cute puzzle game, um, which kind of leads us nicely into Zelda, which is kind of cute as well. But Unravel, yeah. Um, announced at E3 last year by a man on stage visibly shaking oh. with nerves. I know. Can you remember that? was oh, He was oh, oh, Martin just, somebody. Martin yeah. Salin? Something, Something like, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, he was so cute. I just wanted to give him a hug. He and looks he so nervous. And he pulled out his little toy from his pocket. <laughs> yeah, you carry hands. that around with you all the time. <laughs> it's I mean, a so special friend. Street Fighter man, I suppose, with Blanca. You should put them in the same room together. Can you imagine how good it would be? I don't think the Unravel Man would, would, would do well with Ono. Ono <laughs> oh, is crazy. <laughs> Unravel Man is quite literally <laughs> unraveling sometimes. But that's, I mean, again, I've, I've played it it's 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 very nice it, it, 
maybe tries a bit too hard to kind of tap into sentimentality. Yeah, sentimentality I, I agree with stuff, you, yeah. but, but I like it as a puzzle game. It reminds me of Limbo. Yeah, you know, that kind yeah of it's like nice Limbo. Yeah. And not with the weird bits where all of a sudden a little silhouetted child gets his head ripped off. You're like, oh, that <laughs> was, are, that was there nice. There are some quite savage deaths, I thought, in Unravel. I mean, you, right, you, you get torn apart by, oh, I keep saying a gopher. It's not a gopher. Gophers <laughs> are not native to Sweden. It's like a vole of some kind. Yeah. Because oh. yeah. I find it's quite gruesome when you think about it because he's literally throwing himself, yeah, he's coming strings apart. of himself. And I always found that a little bit sinister. It's like sinister. you laying out your intestines yeah. and picking up more intestines on the way to Asda or something wherever he's going yeah he kind of looks like a little demon as well so yeah what he is yeah red face pointy oh my god I've never thought about it like this oh there's a subject I haven't finished maybe that's how it ends I haven't finished it maybe at the end it turns out that you are some demon child I'm not not spoiling the end uh, but but, um, yeah Um, Zelda 30 years of Zelda (laughs) on that that bombshell Uh, yeah Zelda I wanted to ask you both about your your memories of Zelda to start with because um you know, 30 years, I don't think, I mean, you're certainly not 30 years old. Are you? <laughs> no. You're, you're a baby. I mean, I am very old. Simon, I don't know. How old I'm very old as well. You're very old. I'm very old. I'm, yeah. I'm an old man. So I can remember playing the first Zelda on the, well, actually, my first Zelda game I played was the second Zelda, the one that was a bit shitter than the first yeah, one. I like Zelda 2. Zelda 2 with the side-scrolling yeah, games I, was awesome. I, I think but, it was daring and brave of Nintendo to do that, and that's why I like it. I've always respected that they went, everyone likes this game. Let's do something radically different. <laughs> and I've always thought I like because it's not a Zelda game, really. If you compare it to everyone else, you can cut, you kind of fit it into a certain space. Mm. But Zelda Two feels like this weird stepchild of the series, and that's why I kind of like it because it feels out of place. Yeah, no, I I, I I can totally agree with that. I mean, I've gone back to started playing um, the first game actually on on, on a NES cartridge, a proper NES cartridge, the yeah. gold cartridge. It's, oh it's man, a bit scratched these days, but you know. So I've got the original NES pad and the cartridge plugged in, and it's really hard. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, it's really yeah. hard. You get these little three little hearts full of life, and I, I'm just dead. Within about 20 minutes, I'm dead. Well, it's fantastic as well because, you know, especially when it came out, it lets you go wherever you want. Mm. It doesn't tell you that if you go too far this way, you are not strong enough and you don't have enough health to survive. It just lets you go there. Yeah. It's complete freedom. It's completely up to you to kind of learn. And so many people as well don't even know about the sword and the old man. They just walk past it and they're like, <laughs> well, how do I attack anything? It's like, well, I don't know. I love it. There's no rules to that game. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so fantastic. In many ways, the original Zelda is the proto-Dragon's Dogma, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've always thought that. Yeah, There's an article right there. there <laughs> do not pitch me that article anymore. But, well, so Holly, what was your first Zelda game you remember? Then? Um, well, I've played I played every Zelda game apart from the original two, so that's a big gap in my knowledge that I need to fill at some point. But my first experience is probably Wind Waker. Cool. Wind so GameCube era. Yeah, yeah, GameCube. And then and then probably Twilight Princess. I got into the kind of 2D handheld ones mm. fairly late on. Um, but now they're some of my favourite. But yeah, so I kind of I kind of missed Ocarina of Time. I was a little bit too young. Um and yeah, so I kind of I kind of jumped in there and just completely fell in love with it. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean that, what I love about those handheld ones. I mean, I've been slowly making my way through um, a Link Between Worlds, which mm. is a 3DS game, which is ostensibly a sequel to a Link to the Past. Is it? It's the connected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's also um, inc- genuinely incredible. That oh, game. Oh, it's a fantastic it made, game. It, it ruined my life because it was so good. <laughs> I couldn't. My brain couldn't comprehend how they'd managed to do this because <laughs> I. It's the same game, but it's somehow. Incredible! Like, extra that mechanic. That's all. The yeah. one extra thing of going into a wall. That's all. That's what originality is. It's true. Take something that exists already and works, and just just slightly tweak. twist it. That's just true. Tweak yeah. It. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, for, I mean, I played 
a link to the past on the yeah. sense of the time. And I, I remember just thinking it, it felt so amazingly colourful versus the old NES versions. I and mean, of mm. course it wouldn't. I think that's what carries through in the handhelds as well. I mean, we kind of see it a little bit in Triforce Heroes. But I mean, there was there was, was Phantom Hourglass as well, I think. Yeah, on Phantom the, on Hourglass the DS. and uh, Spirit Tracks, mm. which are... Okay, I prefer Phantom Hourglass <laughs> to Spirit Tracks, but yeah, that's just because I hated the train. And it was kind of like, like it's the same game, here's a train. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. you had Wind Waker like, with the boat. Yeah. And like, we're going to do this with a train now. Yeah. So I haven't actually played Spirit Tracks. So like, there's a lot of big gaps in my Zelda, which I'll tell you that much. That's why you two are here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. It, it was a bit like they had, okay, you really like the boat. Let's put the boat on rails so you can't, you know, go where you want. And that, it was just, yeah, it was really odd. There were some great bits in it. Yeah. You know, only Zelda game where Zelda actually dies in it and is a ghost and it spoilers, spoilers. what happens at the beginning. I think that game's about 40 years yeah. old. Yeah. And it does happen in my first 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Of course it all works itself out. It's a lovely Zelda well, game. Well, she's not dead, right? I mean, she's never really been alive to start with. Oh, well, yeah. Right? She's, she's a fictional character. Exactly. <laughs> what? Don't get, don't get worked up. Do not email in uh, to anything. But, but yeah, I mean, if you had to like decide, so the, which one would be your kind of like, very favourite that you hold on to as a cherished Zelda memory holly, do you think? Would it be Wind Waker maybe with the sentient crazy boat? Yeah. <laughs> Probably Wind Waker is my favourite Zelda game. Mm. But in terms of like amazing memories, I remember getting when I was like 11, got a Wii for Christmas with Twilight Princess and oh. that just blew my mind. You know, kind of using the Wii mode. And now you look back and of course, like, you know, you had the adverts at the time with a man standing up and like swishing a Wii remote. Like it was <laughs> like, you know, how no one ever actually used the Wii mode. And just, yeah, but I just, yeah, I just remember it completely blew my mind at the time. Well, that's good because we can talk a little bit about Twilight Princess in a bit because, you know, it's it's being re-released for its 10th anniversary. But before we get into that, I mean, Simon, your own, you mentioned about playing Zelda 2. Yeah, uh, Link, I did love uh, Zelda which was Link's Adventure, wasn't it? I think. It was Link's Adventure, right? Or well, yeah. The Adventures of Link. Something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Link There's does stuff. Like colon something yeah. else. <laughs> I mean, as as a slightly older games playing gentleman, I mean, did you did you have much fun? For instance, I mean, uh, um, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy was a big game for me, where this was like, how the hell did oh, you man, fit this was, game yeah. into this tiny little cartridge? You know I, what I mean, that Link's Awakening as well is really sort of dark and evil, and it kind of has all these horrible sections yeah. in it where you're like, and I was playing that game, you know, I was probably well early teens at the latest, if not sort of like eleven, twelve, and I remember being like, this is. That's why I loved it, though. That's why I kind of grasped my imagination, because, you know, a, a thing trapped in an egg that's calling out to you, and you're like, this isn't right. But it's great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best thing. The windfish, thing that, is it? The yeah, windfish, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The windfish. Oh, I remember that bloody... It's amazing. Again, spoilers, again, it turns out it's all a big dream, which, again, a lot of people say it's a cop-out. But that is why it worked. That's how they managed to kind of be so creative with it and have... Uh, well, push it to the extremes that they did. Mm. That makes sound like it was gore or something. That doesn't happen. <laughs> but no, all of them. I mean, the one that always does out for me the best, I understand it's the most stereotypical answer, is Ocarina of Time. Right. But it just came at me, and this is why it will never be beaten, because I'll never be... came at me when I was, about, when I was 14. Yeah, I'll never be 14 again. Well, hopefully I will be. But I'll never be 14 again. <laughs> so at that age, playing a game of that kind of... Well, was, I, always, I always thought it was ahead of its time compared to what else I was playing. And given how exciting it was, and, and I got it for Christmas as well, which is always a yeah. plus. And I was so excited about it. And it just did all these things that no other game had ever done. And you can still see influences of today that, you know, it, it, I still believe it's the best game ever made. And when it came out on the Nintendo 3DS two years ago, mm-hmm. I got to sit down and play it again. And it's just like, this game hasn't aged. This game is still... Even if you didn't play it, you know, 15, 16 years ago, it's still one of the best if not the best open world RPG action games whatever mm. you want to call the Zelda franchises ever and I just think that 
to me, is a testament to a good video game. Because I imagine anything else I played from 1998, especially that was on the Nintendo 64, I would hate. Because <laughs> unplayable frame rate mess. I bet but there were <laughs> wrestling games from that era that you could probably uh, stick WWF, up WWF, no mercy. It's yeah. a wonderful game. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, Ocarina had that moment where you, you know, emerge into Hyrule Field, isn't it? Well, that's it. That's and you just like, I can go anywhere I want. And you question yourself, like, not really. No, 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 go anywhere you want. That's fine. And when you actually think about it now, that's what all the games did. Mm. But it's different when it's in 3D and the field just goes like that. On a podcast, mm. he says that. I'm pushing my arms out. Yes, it's not a visual thing. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's not a visual thing. But uh, And that's kind of, at that age, when, I wouldn't say your imagination is greater is than when, you, when you're an adult, but you do have that childhood innocence and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, this is wonderful. I can just lose myself in this. And I did. And I still do. I still go back and play. I try and play it once a year, Ocarina of Time, over Christmas, just so I can pretend I'm a kid again. Which says more about me than anything else. But yeah, I, the fact that you know I'm, I'm a lot older now than I was in 1998, mm-hmm. and I still think it's as good as it was then. That's why I love the series, because they're timeless in many ways. Mm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the timelessness of the mm. Zelda series, because you know <laughs> it's all about Link, of course, who's the hero of time um i'm gonna press ahead a little bit um from from more retro stuff to something that nintendo revealed last year which was at their nintendo direct the first one post iwata that we we got to meet linkle didn't we the mm. uh, the inverted commas female link um and i thought that was really cool i thought it was a good positive move from a company that's generally a little bit kind of reserved with such things you know mm. i thought that was a good strong move and it drew some criticisms from some blah, start again from some quarters other people really really went for it i mean is that is that part of like the future of Link, of, of Zelda in a way to to give people this opportunity to kind of shape the hero of time more? Because the way I see it, it doesn't have to be that dude. I mean, he's had many guises already. There's no reason why he can't be a you know an it awesome can be what, girl with two crossbows. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think as well. Link has always been. You've always pasted yourself onto Link anyway. I never really seen him as a man or a, a woman. I kind of mm. just saw mm. him as the dude. And I don't mean dude as a male, I mean the person who yeah. is in Zelda. And because he doesn't have a vo- or they don't have a voice. Again, I, I represent him as a man because I'm a man and mm. I, I would call my character Simon. When you want to call it, I get rid of Link. <laughs> this is me. This is my adventure. So I, don't, I think doing stuff like, you know, I think, I don't understand what criticism anybody could have because mm. it just adds to the Zelda franchise. It adds to the lore. It's, it creates another character who you can probably tell great stories with. And I don't think it, it could be an elephant. I, I, it could be like I couldn't care less. Like, as long as the character is engaged with what they're doing and the world is good and the stories are good and the missions are good, then I, I don't see why anyone could be could be upset with with adding something like that. I think yeah, it's because I remember when I was uh, young and I first played them. You know, it says enter your name. Mm. I'd put Holly. And mm. then I'd be like, oh, no way, I'm a boy. <laughs> and Holly of course, from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Though, yeah, right? I could, I could <laughs> take fine. that. And so I always, I never called him Link. I always called him mm. Ted and I can't remember why. But every, every Zelda game I play, he's called Ted. <laughs> I have no idea why now. Um, but yeah, no, I think I can understand both sides of the Linkle argument. I think if you're just introducing something like that, then just having a kind of female swap character of mm. Link works because it's you're not adding a story or anything. I think if they did it, because it kind of, I can kind of understand what it's a bit like. Oh, why didn't they create a a female character separate from Link rather mm-hmm. than just yeah. this is? But then that's probably not the place to do it. There's not enough room or kind of you know elbow room. It would just probably get swept under the rug with you mm. know as another Tetra or Midna or you know another <laughs> female character instead of the protagonist. That's fair enough. I mean, there are like I say, there are a lot of uh, female characters in the Zelda series, and and this. And Linkle is going to be in the Hyrule uh, Warriors Legends, isn't mm. she? Uh, for the, the 3DS version of Hyrule Warriors, which so it's a, it's a spin-off yes. sort of thing. But I mean, projecting ahead of that, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was thinking, oh, that that, that could come into play with the Wii. You Zelda, you know, suddenly there could be, there might be more options there. I mean, 
let's shoot ahead, project, let's let our minds <laughs> run free for the Wii U Zelda, um, which, you know, as a Wii U owner, I feel like I've been rather teased. Oh my gosh, we definitely Massively. have been teased. Yeah. I would say insulted in many ways <laughs> as I sit here waiting for my Zelda Wii U game. <laughs> mm. But I think, I honestly, the way they're pitching that game, if you actually look at it, we don't really know anything about it. We know it would be in a huge open world and it looks nice. Lots of grass. Lots of, lots yeah. of grass, lots of hills, yeah. lots of nice horizons. Beautiful leaves. But I would love, especially where games are in 2016, which is all very you know character creation and customization and play it your way, I think it would be great if when you started that game, it's like, well, do you want to be Link or do you want to mm. be Linkle? Do you want to be Tingle? Do you want to be... Do you oh, want to be, I man. think say not his but, name. You've blown my mind. But I would love to play as Tingle. If they did <laughs> that, character. I don't think they go to that extreme. But if they did do that, I think, A, it gets away from this whole, oh, all Zelda games mm. are the same and blah, 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 which I love. They can make the same game for the rest of their, my life as far as I'm concerned. But all of a sudden, straight away, in the first five minutes, it's like, there you go, completely changed now. Then the story will be the same, I imagine, wherever mm. you go. But again, the way you want to portray it from your point of view is completely different. So I think doing something like that you know, giving people more options because a lot of Nintendo games are very no, no, no. We, we know what we want to give you, yeah, and that's what, and it works. So you can't argue with it. But I think taking a risk like that, and if the characters are there to do it, I think it would, you know, straight away is going to make that game feel like unlike any other Zelda game you've played. Yeah, I feel it's kind of um, because to be honest, if you if you had the choice of being you know male, female, you could just be male and it's the same game. You know, it makes no difference whatsoever. You know, you don't. Mm. It's not. It's not like they're forcing you. Or even if you did just play as a woman, there'd be, as you said, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever. I kind of. I'm slightly hoping that they're kind of testing the water with mm. Hyrule Warriors with Linkle and things like that because they have a little bit of a history and kind of just nudging things in, <laughs> yeah. see how people react, and then being like, okay, I think we can go ahead with that. It was like the E3. Um, presentation there was the you know link with the big um, crossbow or whatever it was or the not crossbow arrows whatever mm. and everyone was kind of going oh my god At you the, know the, the wii u trailer yes yeah, yeah. and um, some people thought that was a girl yeah and yeah. because to us, link is so androgynous yeah, <laughs> it's, that's true. yeah it's exactly. no, it's like that's why when i was really little i honestly had no idea until people just started using you know p you know yeah, yeah. that is the thing yeah. what noises does it you go hey and Hushata. that's all it does. So it's, yeah. not, it's not like there's any, there's anything you can really attribute what you were doing to. Him. Just making link-related noises. They're trying to think what kind of stuff he does, and it's just like yeah, syllables. Yeah, pretty much. Like he just kind of grunts a bit. Yeah, yeah just make it a little bit higher. Exclusively in vowels. But it's interesting. Mean, it's interesting to me as well to see them doing stuff in these kind of spin-off games. Because I kind of liked Hyrule Warriors. I thought that was a decent crossover. And um, I'm quite aware that, you know, I want to mention Twilight Princess. But before I kind of focus on that, like staying in the future, something that's kind of interested me, and I've got to admit that a a contributor to Vice Gaming kind of helped me highlight this. It was really in my head and I was thinking about it. But the potential crossover for Zelda going forward, we've got the director of Final Fantasy XV saying he'd be quite (laughs) up for a Zelda game. We've got Iwata with the last... Um, shareholders meeting last year before he died talking about making more of Nintendo's IP can you see Zelda because obviously Square did Mario RPG back on the snares can you see Zelda being a series that maybe Nintendo go do you know what we can do amazing new things with this cast of characters in other areas with other with you know co-publishers and stuff because I think that'd be really healthy wouldn't it for Nintendo to take their IPs maybe not Mario which is just Nintendo through and through but someone like Zelda that's kind of like he is a very big, well, that is a very big brand in the, in the, in the Nintendo, but it, it could exist on other systems, couldn't it? You know, I quite like a Zelda-related game on a PS4. 
Yeah, I think they could do a lot with the world itself. You know, if you have, you know, not just the characters, but kind of saying this is a game set in Hyrule, but oh, you're not Link this mm. time. You're this, I don't know, farmer or something, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, like I would, I would absolutely love some kind of Animal Crossing <laughs> Zelda <laughs> type thing. Well, I that would, makes yeah. absolute sense. Yeah, sense. it's, you know, all pastoral and farming and that would be very pleasant. And no, I think definitely, I think that would really work. I feel like it's iconic enough yet malleable mm. enough that it's the perfect thing to sell and pitch to people. I think, and I think it's something that needs a little refreshing just because, you know, we, we can say, oh, we love, you know, a, a link to the, uh, a link between worlds is amazing. But I think if I was like five or six, that feels like quite an old style game. Or maybe like, you know, like 12, 13. It looks a bit throwback. I think Zelda could do with a bit, bit of sexing up maybe. I don't just mean like, you know, because <laughs> of, of the link. Stuff. I'm not saying make it The Witcher. <laughs> However, a, a Zelda in, version of Witcher would be amazing. In many ways, The Witcher 3 is like a more mature Zelda, I guess oh, you, could, you could argue yeah. there. Yeah. I, I do think there is room for doing that and I would love to see other people's interpretations of that world. Mm. But I do have this side of me, it's my fanboy side, I would guess, where it's like, don't want anyone to touch it but Nintendo. Because <laughs> I do think the reason it is so special, even though, you know, the Wii U one is a, a, it's a bit, you know, we would have liked it before now in, in a dream world. But, yeah. you know, I'd rather Nintendo took their time with it and made it good. But the weight does make it seem a lot more special for when it does come out. Mm. And if all of a sudden we have Zelda games everywhere, obviously the, the main iteration from Nintendo is always going to be the one you look forward to. But the fact that's all you can get does make me hold it in a higher higher esteem yeah. than maybe I would have. But saying that, if you do allow people to license it out or whatever, and they come, they could come up with a this whole new way of presenting mm. it that you never thought of. And you go, this is it. This is where I want Zelda to head in the future. So I'd love to see. I'd love someone. To, maybe one. Give it to one person. Yeah. Give it a try. Say <laughs> you. You have the opportunity give it to, to do platinum. This. Mm. Right. See, that would be it. Even that Turtles game they're making looks good. Looks so, good. you know. I'm just thinking about the way Metal Gear was like, you know, slow, steady. And then Metal Gear Rising Revengeance came out <laughs> through Platinum. And they were just like, we're going to take Raiden and just make him into a super high speed <laughs> yeah. cyborg ninja awesome thing. And you can finish this game in four hours. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, loved that game. Um, but the thing about the Wii U one is that obviously the closer we, or the foot, you know, the longer it drags on for, the more chance there is of it being a Twilight Princess style kind of cross platform release. I think you may have even mentioned it on a podcast before, Simon. Mm. I've certainly heard other people talk about it. It, you know, it might come out for the Wii U and whatever the NX turns out to be, which is exactly the inverted commas problem that Twilight Princess had, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, so, Holly, you played, you loved that game. Was that on the game, but you got it on the Wii? No, I got it on the Wii. So, like uh, like a lot of people, I experienced it on the Wii and mm. then only through the HD version have I kind of, of course, it's, um, it's flipped, it's mirrored. So it was really odd right. going, because it's based on the original GameCube version, so that Link is left-handed, while the Wii one <laughs> was flipped and so Link was right-handed. That's an amazing thing to know. Is that and then, <laughs> that's, that's how sad I am. <laughs> but it does, it really throws you. But yeah, um, I am. I'm kind of worried that it's going to be a another one like that because I don't know. Does that limit you? Does it limit you in well, terms it must of power? Do to an and, extent, mustn't it? Yeah. And I don't know what was between the Wii and the and the GameCube in terms of like the power it had under the hood, so to speak. But I'm guessing the NX has to be a faster yeah. proposition than what the Wii U is because that's kind of the problem it's had with marketing, isn't it? It's like yeah. that's not as good inverted commas <laughs> as, as, as what the other companies are offering because I feel I feel like it's I kind of almost would prefer if they just went look okay it's just coming up for the NX mm. <laughs> look you know the Wii U is on its last legs um, you know there's no point I don't know they're not going to do that but I, I hope I would, not because I, I can't yeah, afford I've been it <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of I'm slightly worried because I do have this like Twilight Princess is my second favourite um, 3D Zelda game um, and a lot of people shout at me for that so what's your first favourite 
Wind Waker. Of course we talked yeah. about Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, but I'm kind of like I kind of don't want to feel like I'm getting the rush not rushed, it's never rushed of Nintendo, mm. but a kind of adapted version rather than what they would just want it yeah. to be. The compromise. That I suppose yeah. that's the worry. I mean you played Twilight Princess as well back in the day, did you say? Was that Game People's that way? Well, this is going this is why I'm here. This one when I bought both copies. <laughs> Uh, I bought it on well I bought it on the GameCube mm. and I still have it sealed but apparently it's worth oh, loads yeah, of money now so that's in the vault um, but I also bought it on the Wii because I bought a Wii and I thought well I kind of want to play my new shiny game on my new mm. shiny console so I bought I played I played it through on my Wii and the waggle was okay I didn't have a problem with it I do think the game itself is incredible I think it gets an incredibly bad rap just because people say well it's like Ocarina of Time but it's not as good well, no, it's basically the sequel to Ocarina of Time. So <laughs> that in itself, and the puzzles are, there are some puzzles in that, and the sense of scale is incredible. Mm. But, I mean, in terms of doing the whole thing of, you know, having it on the Wii U and on the NX, I guess it depends on what the NX is. Because if the NX is some kind of super-duper machine that lets you play any Nintendo game ever, oh, as please. some people have rumoured, you imagine? if you then launch it and say, look, you can play this new Zelda game on your Wii U, mm-hmm. or you can play this new Zelda game on this NX machine. And they're the same. And they're the same. Yeah. And also, here's all the other Zelda games you've ever thought about. Then I kind of... It would annoy me a bit, because I'm that guy that would probably want to buy the NX straight away and then be like, well, then why did I... Buy? I know I bought my Wii U, but I wanted my Zelda Wii U experience. Yeah. But... You know, it's kind of the good that they'll be giving me then will make me forget all of the bad. And I remember seeing people playing Twilight Princess on the GameCube and me playing it on the Wii. And, I mean, did it look a bit better on the Wii? Potentially. But I never felt like I was missing out on anything from either side. Yeah. I just thought, well, okay, it may not look as good as maybe it could have done if it was released on the PS4, for example. But that's not the point. The art style is a Nintendo art style, which always manages to get away with more than anybody else's. Mm. Plus, the game itself is really good. So I don't care anymore because I'm 10 hours in. I'm enjoying it. I had an amazing game for my new console, which is what I want when I get a new console. So I kind of let, I kind of forgive, forgive them. I'd much rather didn't straddle it this time. What I'd love them to do is give me that one and then give me a brand new one <laughs> when the NX comes out. Mm. But I kind of get it from a marketing point of view because if you can launch a new system with a proper AAA Nintendo game, which they haven't done, you know, they do every now and then, but I mean like a proper, proper big yeah. one, then... That's well, a the huge Wind selling Waker point. HD was quite. Was that around the Wii U's launch? The Wind Waker HD. Game? I think it was. Yeah, it was one of the kind of get a Wii U, you can play Wind Waker again yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that that for me is is a factor that we've got the HD Twilight Princess. I mean, and obviously that follows Wind Waker as well. So we're getting these HD revisions of old games, and I just keep thinking, I just want the flipping <laughs> new one though. Do you know what I mean? Um, as one, of, I mean, I've got Wind Waker on the GameCube and. Um, you know, for my sins, there are various Zelda games I've I've not played, and Twilight Princess is one of them. I'll I'll, I'll try and play the HD one um, very soon. I mean, for someone like me who's never played Twilight Princess, then because that's the nearest game at hand, what should I expect if, say, like I've just come off the back of Majora's Mask, you know, which is pretty dark? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's more it's more of a conventional Zelda game in, like I say, in the ilk of Ocarina of Time. I think that's the reason a lot of people weren't massively sold. Same with Skyward Sword. Which a lot of people seem to, I love as well. I just easy to please. But I think the problem was everyone which compared was a lot of waggling. A lot. I mean, oh my god, all so the waggling there. I was, so much I was waggle. gonna be as soon as the waggle required me to like turn my wrist, I was out. I couldn't do it. I was just so so helmet. many sprains. <laughs> but I think that so people you know instinctively go, well, it's not as good as this one, and all you've done is trying to copy it. But that's why I thought Twilight Princess was so good because I thought it took a template of a game that I loved and made it its own, and that to me 
was all I wanted from that game. I don't understand what people were expecting. I guess that was kind of the first game when it came out when everybody was like, oh, Zelda games are all the same. They're all the same. It's like, yeah, but it has been a very long time between Ocarina of Time. Because I always saw it as, and no one else would agree with this, and that's fine. I've come to terms with that. But Wind Waker, to me, almost feels like a sequel, not like directly linked, but to A Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. So A Link to the Past is, it's not cartoony, but it's very, it's not even that like hearty because you start off in the rain and, and it's evil. But the tone of it just felt a bit more yeah. light-hearted. Whereas Ocarina of Time was a bit darker. Obviously, Majora's Mask goes right down the well. Fairly and Twilight Princess yeah. kind of sits in between the two of them because there are moments in Twilight Princess which are not, I mean, they're fun, but they're they're mm. they're dark and you know, there's a very mature mature tone to it. And you never really got that in the Wind Waker. And, and to link to the past. So well, that's the visual why, style says that to an extent but, as well, doesn't but it? But that's yeah. it. And that's why I liked it, because I thought this feels like an adult matures elder. Mm. And I love the fact I can get this along with stuff like the Wind Wake, which kind of lightens it up a bit. So I think a lot of people just thought, well, this just feels like, especially the beginning. In the beginning, you're running around a village for about an hour. Yeah, and a half, the beginning right? is incredibly slow. It's about yeah. two hours long, and it's kind of you know, go fishing, hit go, some goats. goats. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, I kind of like that because I I really like the pacing in Twilight Princess. The Wind Waker had quite a long build up, didn't it, with the assistant? Yeah, the and I feel like it's kind of. I I really liked. It. I mean, I'm alone in that, and I completely understand why mm. people would be put off by it. But I'm in. Uh, slightly controversial where I prefer Twilight Princess to Ocarina of Time because again I didn't have that I know Cyrus going to run out but basically I didn't have that kind of like you said that kind of oh my god this is the future of games women of Ocarina mm. of Time you know because I played it um, based of on the on the Wii I think kind of you know on the store and um, and yeah and I think I think the pacing in Twilight Princess is better I think I think Twilight Princess and I will stand by this has the best <laughs> dungeons in any Zelda game like hands down there's a set of dungeons from the middle to the end that are just absolutely brilliant and I think they don't get I think a lot of people kind of saw it and they saw the slightly kind of more muted colours used and they kind of went oh it's just trying to be all grungy and stuff and it's just and I think there is a kind of you know I do slightly roll my eyes when you see games trying to be dark and you're we're going to be edgy now and I don't really think Twilight Princess is that I feel like it's darker I mean it's yeah. obviously it's aesthetically shadow darker Shadow the Hedgehog is basically what you're talking about Yeah exactly <laughs> You don't want any Shadow the Hedgehog No shadow. no one wants that it's a curse They had a gun <laughs> I mean that's radical that's cool we all know guns are cool but yeah but I feel like Twilight Princess is more like if you look at any fairy tale things like that it's just a bit more like that it's there's light and dark and yeah. it's it just works like in that, that kind of vein and I feel like with the HD um, the remake because of the original, the darker colours, it could look muddy. You know, the the textures well, and stuff. This is pre-HD anyway. Yeah, so, uh, the, the, the textures yeah. and stuff weren't quite there and it just looked a bit all kind of muddied in together and stuff. And that are oh, in the HD, it, I feel Wind Waker didn't need an HD remake as it, much. It was as already Princess. fairly popping off the screen. Exactly. And although it is, I love the HD remake, I like the little touches, mm-hmm. but I feel like Twilight Princess is... It, uh, it kind of really benefits visually from it. Just the literally just the cleaner lines, the mm. kind of better textures, just makes such a difference to it. Yeah, I've seen some footage and it does look pretty sweet. And as soon as I can get hold of it, I'm I'm going to do so. Um, the characters still have weird faces, though. The characters are very weird. They are like they're melting. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an odd Dickensian one. Dickensian nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's really odd because I love. I think Twilight Princess again has the most interesting. Uh, the kind of enemy design. I think Midna and Zant particularly are just, I really love the design in them. The actual kind of walking about characters are really odd. <laughs> like it's just, it's really strange. But yeah, I think like the Twilight stuff, the kind of more geometric lines and the, yeah, mm. really good. 
I agree with the opening, by the way, before we move off there. I love the opening too. Yeah. I so. think that it's, so, it's deliberately slow paced and it sets the scene and it kind of, it makes you feel like it's a role playing game, right? Mm-hmm. And it really does make you, puts you in that role straight away and goes, go be a farm boy for a while. Yeah. And I, I really, it's just, it's lovely. It's a really, really nice, I played it because we got the copy in the office now. Mm-hmm. I played the first hour of it. I sat there and I enjoyed every, and I, I remembered it, most of it, but it didn't matter. I just love the way it sets the scene. It takes its time. It doesn't rush. And I don't understand what I don't know what people want. They want Link to be thrown into like a war zone with two Uzis or something, <laughs> just like on the back of a pona going, yeah. And I, I don't I don't really know what they were expecting, but I think it's a, it's a very quaint and deliberately so beginning that mm. works really. I agree with you about the dungeons as well. Yeah. I think there are a couple of dungeons in mm. Twilight Princess which are good, but I always go without Ocarina of Time, they wouldn't be there. So this is why <laughs> my default to Ocarina of Time, but no, I agree. One of the things I really like Twilight Princess because it's not Link's story. You know, you start off, you're playing as Link, but it's yeah. got, you kind of just feel like a pawn and a greater thing that's going on a bit. You're just kind of, you're just being told what to do and therefore it makes more sense of you going from place to place instead right. of just being like okay i have to go there to get this part of the key you know you've got someone going there going come on do it then do it for me and i really like i think midna is one of the best characters in zelda as well i think she's awesome it's funny it's fantastic that like we sort of said it earlier on that like you know wouldn't it be great well we were joking obviously you know the wit- a witcher take on zelda what you're explaining about twilight princess is basically <laughs> for anyone who's played <laughs> the witcher 3 you spend the whole time in that game being told yeah. where to go and what to do so this is the game anyone who enjoyed that should play. Maybe if someone's never so. played a Zelda game, well, not for years, but they did enjoy The Witcher, maybe Twilight Princess is their game. Yeah, I think a lot, yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's a brilliant game. I think it gets a lot, but it, it doesn't deserve the kind of uh, rubbish it gets thrown mm. at it. I will defend it to the end of the year. People don't like the wolf. That's the problem. Yeah. You can transform he does into become a wolf. wolf. Link, this is. Link, yeah. It's not just a random wolf who like just goes on about dude. Zelda games. <laughs> they, 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 don't like, they don't like the wolf because I don't know why. I'd love I to tell I you. I don't understand why people didn't like I could understand why people didn't like it using the Wii remote because the Wii remote when you were using a sword made sense. When you're waggling a remote and it controls a wolf just kind of jumping... It was like such a kind of disconnect to what yeah, was going was on the bad. screen. It was like, I, this is very odd. But kind of playing it with a pad and stuff feels a lot more precise. And I really like it. I really like being a wolf. And that's the game's gimmick. Like we <laughs> I like being a wolf. Who doesn't want to be a wolf? Yeah. We mentioned Link Between Worlds and how it takes a formula and the simple tweak is you can go into wolves mm. and stuff. And that is what the wolf is to me in Twilight Princess. It just opens up a whole new way to both interact with your environment and kill things. And also puzzle-wise. Yeah. There's a really, really good puzzle. It's a bit like playing, it's not chess, but you have these pieces you have to okay. move. We have to keep switching between the wolf and, mm. and Link. And it's just really, it's really good. It's clever. It tests you. Yeah. There'll be a while when you sit there and go, wait, if I do that, then i got to do this. Oh, I'll try doing And I just, mm. I, I, without that, I think it would feel very much like any other Zelda game. And I think putting the wolf in is what gives it its identity. So I don't understand that. That seems to be the big sticking point with a lot of people. I don't want to play as a wolf for a while. Because there's a really nice thing I like about it where it's like, in a lot of games, again, stuff happens in Twilight Princess, not completely perfect that way, where something happens, you're like, why is nobody reacting to this, you know? (laughs) And there's a bit in Twilight Princess, you know, when you turn into a wolf and you go near a person, the person freaks out and screams and runs away because you're a massive wolf with a blue earring for some reason, (laughs) which is really odd. Stylish wolf. Yeah. and But then, you know, and so, and if you try and turn into a person or into a wolf you know kind of Midna kind of goes what are you doing there's a person over there they're going to get freaked out by that mm-hmm. you have to like hide behind a house then do it and Superman style you know yeah, he, wouldn't, he exactly. wouldn't just Clark Kent would just pull off his clothes in the middle of Times no, Square that would yeah exactly it well, he wouldn't be there people. would he you've it's got to go into the little <laughs> <laughs> I'm useless for comics <laughs> letting aside I'd love it if he was though just in the middle of Times Square in New York, yeah. running about in his underwear yeah. um, 
Yeah, yeah, that is an amazing tangent now in yeah. his underwear. I love that series. Lovely, <laughs> lovely <laughs> tangent. Then, do you know what? Let, let's wrap up. We're talking about kind of um, fantasy Zelda mm. um, hopes and dreams, uh, really. From but what what, what the series can do, and I love the the open worldness. Like that was there from day one with with the first game. You know, the go anywhere. We're not going to tell you what your mission is necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like that, but at the same time. I kind of like someone holding my hand a little bit as well. And some of the, one of the big problems I've got with that original Zelda is genuinely the shit games are not like <laughs> this anymore. Like I need a little bit of direction. Yeah. So like, what, what do you guys hope happens? Certainly with the Wii U one, but, but maybe even beyond that, like what could a next generation Zelda be? Kind of um, one last little thing about Twilight Princess yes, that I want to I mention. Don't want to rush you little on. tiny thing is that one of the complaints that the original one had, and it isn't really done in this one is that it is very easy it's an easy game right. you can go through that game and like even if you're not familiar with Zelda you'll, there'll be very few times when you feel like you're kind of in peril mm-hmm. but there is a hero mode of course it's you know an HD remake there's always a hero mode and that does help a bit I will say that because right. it can be very easy but Link is Link's meant to win this is the thing yeah. I, don't, I don't want Link to come up short of you know, yeah. saving I'm, the I'm one of those easy gamers I want all games to be real. I just want to destroy See, so all games yeah, that's that's I, like I, yeah. I like feeling empowered when I play I think there's game. nothing wrong with setting games on easy. No, I'm, I'm, no, that's what people have a go at you when you review a game on easy. It's like it's an yeah. option I can choose. Mm. Why would I? Also, yeah. I have a deadline. Yes, do. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a massive hundred-hour RPG. Yeah. I don't want to die at the first hurdle Absolutely. ten times. <laughs> I, I have no shame in saying that I played through all of The Witcher on easy, and you know, certain other games, like Bayonetta two, for instance. I was playing that about halfway through. I was like, no, this is too hard. Not yeah. difficult <laughs> down. It's like it's an option in the game. You should be allowed to do it. Yeah. There are people are literally dying right now listening to this. They cannot believe we. Again, how how very dare these people I know. even <laughs> have jobs in the first yeah. place, let alone be allowed, be allowed on the on the wireless and really said, You know what I mean. You know what I mean. But yes, fantasy Zelda's then. I mean, I I I just love to hear what what you think. And I know Nintendo listened to this. Yeah. So let, let's give them some ideas. Well, I, it's hard for me because I am the problem in the sense that uh, you just want what you've had again. Simon the problem Miller, and I I love. I think they've they've perfected the Zelda template. There's always tweaks you can do, but that whole thing of find an item in a dungeon, then use said item to mm. kill boss, and then make sure you keep relying on item going mm. forward. I love it. I love it. It's still not, it still hasn't got old for me. It's like, you take something like Call of Duty, which everyone goes, oh, how can they do it every year? Because it works. Mm-hmm. And that risk reward and the levelling up makes you feel good. It makes you feel satisfied. And that's what I get from Zelda. But I mean, looking at what they're doing now, obviously, video games now like that are so focused on the open world. I think everyone at Nintendo goes, okay, we've got to populate our open mm-hmm. world with side quests and characters and NPCs and things to find that make it feel like you're really living like The Witcher The Witcher mm. 3 really is a good example because that yeah. feels like a real place there's, there's no there's not really that the many the world holes. exists around you you exactly. get the feeling that if you turn off people are still hanging out their sheets exactly and and I think that's probably. what is so fantastic about it and I think that is something you can easily pull off in Zelda and as soon as you do that it's almost like a Dragon Age thing as well Dragon Age does that really well especially Inquisition and I think if you can pull that off but the law that you are interacting with is the Zelda law, which we all know and love, then that's already a huge step forward. I think that's a whole new thing that no matter how good it is in the Wii U version or the NX version, depending on what it does, you can keep building on that. Whereas the actual fundamentals, I don't think you need to toy with so Mm -hmm. much. I do think you can mess with the main character. I don't think that's where Zelda's... um, positives come from yeah. I think it's, it's the game itself well you've already but, said he's a vessel well he's yeah, a vessel exactly so as long as game. like as long as it takes me on an adventure as long as it takes me on a journey and I'm doing these things and the story, the story in Zelda is always good I mm. find anyway especially in the Oracle of Ages and Seasons mm. games that was really the way they all combined and came together was was fantastic 
So that to me, as long as they can kind of operate within that template, have some fun with it and tweak it, I think that's probably what's my favourite franchise because they've, they've already got the foundations in place. And what Nintendo do very well is tweak rather than mm. evolve. So, yeah. yeah. I'm I quite f- boring, really. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with the items, there's a way to do it as well where you can make it more than just this bit was blocked before and now you can get past mm. it. Like there's a bit, again, link back to White Princess, think the spinner, I'm going to constantly go out to it, the spinner. And what it does, like not only does it, but it kind of changed the whole feel of the dungeon you were in. It wasn't just a thing to defeat the boss with. Mm-hmm. It changed a kind of slow dungeon that's literally sinking into the sand into like a roller coaster and it changed the whole feel of it and i feel that's when the items really make their own when it's not just you kind of feel okay now i can get past this bit when it mm. actually changes the kind of the kind of mood or kind of way and the pacing of a dungeon i think that's when it really gets good um i kind of agree with i kind of feel like i love that so much but i feel like the thing i would like is again it's not so cliche but a more open world mm. but one thing that i didn't like. I mean, I still think Skyward Sword is a brilliant game. It's still a Zelda game, you know. Um, but I didn't really like when they were like, we wanted to make the whole world like a big dungeon. And I was like, <laughs> that just makes me feel really claustrophobic yeah. in this world. What you've done is just create sections of a world rather than making it all one. Yeah. And I, would, I, would, I, I like having the dungeons and then an overworld, an open world. And you can combine them a bit in terms of like little like side quests mm. or to get us an item or something. But... I like, that's why I was really excited when I saw, you know, the kind of um, screenshot of Link standing and there's just the grass. That E3 reveal everywhere, just the yeah. horizon. And I think they said, didn't they, you can go there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like that real kind of there. Elder Scrolls thing of like, you see that mountain, you can go there. Yeah. You can, you know. And of course, you know, it's not going to be, hopefully it's not like Elder Scrolls as well, be tapping jump to get up a vertical slope. <laughs> hopefully not. But I feel like just that kind of like, because there's an issue with a lot of these games where, like, the bits that you're meant to interact with are incredibly clear. Mm. You know, you know you blow up that bit to get a chest. You know that you have to shoot that of an arrow because they have to make it clear so that you know what to do. But then it also makes the rest of the world come a bit obsolete because you're like, it's just yeah. more of a backdrop. I'd like it if they kind of integrated it a bit more and kind of made. So, like, I feel one, a really good example of what does as well is Ori in the Blind Forest in terms of it's a platformer and... The, the kind of backdrop and the stuff all mixed in together. You know where to go, but it's not like sometimes, you know, where you have to interact with a bit in a game and it's really obvious because mm-hmm. it's the only bit that's got, you know, a graphical texture on it yeah. or something like that. You know, you know it's the only it's bit that looks good. Bit yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I re- I'd really like that in a Zelda game if it was just a bit more so you kind of can really appreciate the world that they've created mm. rather than just focusing on dungeon there, shoot that rock, you know, go yeah. over there. Yeah. Hyrule as it's never appeared before would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just to walk around Hyrule in wonderful HD and, yeah, just be a citizen yeah. of that world that you've known for so long mm. would be Lots incredible. of yeah. villages as well. I like it when, I don't know why, but I love villages it's and slow games. It's isn't it? It's yeah. nice. I like slow. having little, like, settlements. Again, Scout Sword mm-hmm. only had the one and I was like, what's up <laughs> with this? And where's my multiple villages? <laughs> so lots of villages with, you know, a selection of boily old men. And, yes. You know, the... As Whatever. villages are in yeah. Yeah, generally, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm, again, I'm thinking of The Witcher. Don't, don't use the same same eight character models in every village, though. That's oh what no, is there going to be some awful kind of like Zelda sex scene on back of a pony oh, or something? No, that'll just be my childhood stay destroyed. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's Nintendo's big shareholder shift. <laughs> like, we demand. For, uh, we we need an M-rated Zelda game. Oh, if they could pull off co-op as well. I know that. Triforce Heroes tried that, didn't it, a little bit? Exactly, but that was more kind of multiplayer focused. That sounds weird because Carb is multiplayer, but I mean like a campaign where, say, one person's Link and one person's Linkle. You could drop in and out. Yeah, Yeah. and you could, 
if you wanted to approach the dungeon with two people, you could, but you could also do it. I know so it's MMO Dark Souls. Yeah, but I just think yeah, I just think there could be something because I would love to explore that world with a friend. Mm. I just think everything's better in co-op. Everything's better with a mate. And I does think, that need voice chat though over Nintendo? They don't like that, do they? So just do it over Skype. Yes, that's what I do, or any yeah. other. See, streaming telephones are available. I only ever see I only ever do co-op in local co-op because mm. I'm incredibly unsocial and I don't mm. like talking to people I can't see. I get scared because who where are they? Yeah. But yeah. They can be <laughs> naked and that's exactly yeah, that's weird. About yeah. But um I would love that. And just yeah, I think also because I played Triforce Heroes and I really loved it, but I was in the very lucky position where I had two other people who had the game mm. who really loved Zelda. So I was in the perfect position to enjoy it. But obviously, you know, kind of doing that online of people you don't know and not having the communication yeah. and stuff mm. just becomes really annoying. And so yeah, I think it would be cool if like you could um I don't know, get some pieces of heart, you can only reach them if you had someone there with you. Someone yeah. could give you a leg up. Yeah, yeah. or like, Last you know, use the style. hook shot on you or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, so not essential, but just if you want to do it, mm. you can. You could scale the difficulty as well, potentially that would be all right. I would just like to go through that, a game like that with a mate. Mm. I just think that would be really Fantastic. good. Fantastic. Well, Nintendo have made their notes, I'm guessing, from this. Um, yeah. So um, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in, Simon. Oh, thank thanks you. for coming right. in, Holly. Thanks for chatting, Zelda. And um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Vice Gaming Podcast. And uh, next month, there'll be something that isn't so Zelda-focused. So if you've hated the last half hour, balls to you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We'll be right back. 